Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Hey, folks, welcome back to Police Pod Talk. I hope you had a wonderful weekend, and you probably had a chance to get out and rake a few leaves or get them out of your gutter. But uh, today here on Police Pod Talk, I am blessed to have a dear friend on the phone with me. Today, I've got Pastor Paul Offhouse. He is a pastor at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church right in downtown Fort Wayne. Pastor Paul, you can say hey to the people out there. Hey, people. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, Pastor Paul is probably, if you hear him huffing and puffing, he's, he's actually walking and exercising <laughs> while he's talking to me today. He just can't stop working out, I guess. Is that your, is that your thing, keeping you, keeping you sane there, Pastor? Well, yeah, actually. We're, we're recording this early in the morning, and since the pandemic hit, I was limited at the gym with my racquetball, my preferred exercise. So uh, it's taken up walking pretty much every morning of the week. Okay, well, as long as you're doing something, right? That's right. Okay. Pastor Ball, I really do appreciate you being here today and uh, taking a few minutes to talk to me. Um, how's your family? Everybody healthy? Uh, yeah, everyone is healthy. Uh, we're, we're doing well. Got a wife and two kids, and we're a little bit cooped up somewhat with things as they are, but we are healthy and doing well. Well, good. Good. And like you said, with this pandemic going on, I'm sure it had a, a little bit of an effect on your church members and uh, them coming and all the planning you had to do. Can you kind of talk us through that as a pastor? What kind of planning did you have to put in place uh, for your members? Well, like uh, probably pretty much every pastor around the United States, uh, in, in the middle of March, we found ourselves scrambling, myself and the other leadership here at the church. Uh, how do we... Uh, how do we have worship services without having people at the church? And how is that going to work? So uh, back in March, uh, we learned at a quick, steep curve upgrade on our technology. Uh, we were blessed within the month or two with a grant from a local uh, group, Center for Congregations, that uh, gave us a technology grant, and we're able to uh, upgrade our technology in here with a much better camera for recording the services, learned how to stream services and send them out. We send ours through Facebook, uh, Facebook Live, and um, that's worked out pretty well. We, we, we kept uh, offering remote services until the end of June when we offered in public and remote services. Uh, we kind of foresee ourselves offering remote services from here to the kingdom come, if you will, Right. but uh, doing it in conjunction with public services. So that's, that's one aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So is there a whole lot of uh, cleaning and things like that you have to keep doing after services? And Yep. The, the, the services, uh, the worship space, the frequent touch areas all get cleaned after uh, service. That's one reason we have switched to one service. We, before the pandemic, had two, and uh, this way we can clean at a, there's not quite of a, there's no time clock to get that cleaning done within you know, a half an hour before you have another service type of thing. So, uh, but the surface areas and everything gets cleaned in ways that maybe they hadn't been cleaned before. And we also have uh, physical, the three W's, you know, wash 
wash your distance, wear a mask, wash your hands. Those are still in place here at the church, even with us now entering stage five. Right. Now, I know you had to go do visits at churches, um, uh, nursing homes, places like that. Has that put a, a cramp in everything you're trying to do there? Oh, yeah, completely. Uh, the nursing homes pretty much shut down with the pandemic coming to our area. So uh, that's, that's made that impossible. Hospital visits I've done, I've, I've made one hospital visit since March, since March and uh, that's cause, because I got listed. Actually, I think it was an inadvertent uh, allowance, if you will. The, the parishioner had two other people listed as his people to visit him during the duration of his stay, and they, <laughs> someone was just gracious towards me, I guess, and allowed me to go up because I wasn't one of those two people, but I did get to see uh, one individual at the hospital so far. Right. Right, yeah, and, and uh, you're kind of in the same line of work where I'm at and have to do home visits, so there's probably no home visits being done by you. Well, that that's opened up a little bit, uh, Cleveland. Um, some some parishioners have uh, welcomed me into their home where they don't have restrictions placed on them by the institution. Um, I just got to see our oldest member, uh, who's 102 years old, uh, and I wore a mask uh, during uh, the visit to, to see her and so, that, so that's, that's, that's been a blessing. I have been able to do some home visits uh, if, if the parishioners are comfortable having me. Right. Um, and then we take necessary, the necessary precautions. Right. And, and when you're visiting older people, I've found out that if I'm wearing a mask, I've got to shout the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, enjoy your hearing while you have it, I guess, is what, I, what, what the message is there. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well... Um, Pastor, I've talked to a lot of people. Um, when I told them I was going to be talking to Pastor Paul on my podcast, they were excited because I think they were excited more along the lines of they want to know what do I need to do? What should I be feeling? How do I get rid of some of these feelings of all the things that are going on in the world? They feel like the world is coming to an end. I've heard that several times. And I've, uh, they ask, what do I pray for? How do I pray? What should I be looking for? all the turmoil, all the unjust, all the, you know, the the fires and the floods and things that are going on. I mean, yeah, I had one of them telling me, well, these are all signs that the world's going to be coming to an end and we shouldn't have to worry about voting. I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think I, I'm going to start out by just asking you, what are some of the, before we get into that part of it, what are some of the positive things that you have been seeing as a pastor that have been coming out of all of this bad that we've been seeing what is give me a couple of positive things that have been happening even in your church or that you've seen well the first month or so especially i really saw a coming together of our membership to check in on one another uh, to see how folks were doing uh, tony shelton's our director of caring ministry here at st john and uh, he and i together sort of set up a, uh, we call it a sheepdog ministry. You know, the sheepdogs look out for the sheep. I guess they nip at the heels of the sheep sometimes, so maybe it's not the best analogy, but it works for us since we're the, the sheep of God and God is our good shepherd. Uh, and so we took the directory and we divided it page by page, half, actually half page by half page, and um, identified someone on each half page and asked uh, him or her to reach out by phone to the others on that half page with them, uh, with that person in the directory. And and uh, so we tried to reach out to two of us for membership, but 
you know, there's a lot of people to call. And we also then asked our membership to reach out to one another. And they really came through there uh, early on, had some really good conversations we heard uh, were happening. Um, so that was, that was really encouraging. And then also along those lines, uh, we have a uh, ministry that we had already established at the, at the church called Telecare. And the idea there is well, about three times, sometimes two, three times a year, we try to reach out and call every single household uh, at the church. And it's a, it's a chance when, usually it seems like sometimes people say, oh, a church only calls when they want money. And they're thinking, of course, of <laughs> stewardship drives, if you will, right. that happen often in the fall. And they have that impression that all they ever do when they call is they're asking for money or something like that. Right. And so we weren't asking for money. We weren't asking for, we don't ask for money. We don't ask for uh, them to volunteer to help anyway in shape or form. We simply say, hey, how can we support you? How are you doing? And is there anything we can pray for for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's been a great ministry in general, but especially uh, we've done it once now since we kicked back in, or since the pandemic, and it was, again, uh, well-received. So with this, like I said, a, a positive has been that you found other ways to reach your members other than just seeing them on a Sunday face-to-face. Exactly. I believe there's a lot of positives that are going on, but I think people are not seeing those because they're still watching the news and all the stuff that's going on in the world. I had someone say to me the other day, and you helped this person out and you helped me and see if maybe I said the right things, and don't ask me what I said, but <laughs> they said, if I am a Christian person, how can I pray for the president? And I don't want us to get into any kind of political stuff, but I just want to answer that question. They're saying if they're a Christian, they, there's no way they should be praying for the president. What would you What would you say to someone that says that? Well, I, I believe Scripture specifically tells us to uh, pray for those in authority and also to respect those in authority. Uh, in Romans, I think it's chapter 11 or 12, maybe 13, probably, probably Romans 13, there's some words about how to interact with the authorities that that, that that person could check out. But we're to pray at all times, and who better to, who more so to pray for than those who have that authority and a lot of power, frankly, in the, in the position mm-hmm. to pray for those like our president, like other world leaders, uh, like our health officials. So right. We've been praying for those folk in our Sunday morning prayers every Sunday, since, specifically regarding the pandemic, since it's it, that hit our shores, if you will. And that also talks about, like, praying. That also could mean praying for, like, your police officers and uh, people, like your mayors. Oh, yeah. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I really appreciated your podcast uh, segments on the, the healthcare workers and, and finding more about what's going on in nursing care facilities, the hospitals, and whatnot. And we, we pray for those those folk as well, for mm-hmm. sure. Well, yeah, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. But <laughs> um, uh, here's My another. pleasure. <laughs> Here's another question. They said, uh, if God is so good, why are all these things happening? Well, those things, referring to presumably the, the pandemic, right. um, certainly the unrest in response to George Floyd's tragic death back on Memorial Day weekend, those sort of things have been happening for thousands of years, right? I mean, this is a, a, a much more dramatic experience of it. Uh, much uh, more global uh, in its reach, but bad things have happened and difficult things happen to individuals, to communities, to the whole world in different ways, shapes, and forms. And yes, God is good. Um, God is love. We hear that in Scripture. 
but the world is not yet fully has not yet fully experienced the, the reign of God, the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven. In the prayer that Jesus taught us, the Lord's Prayer, we pray that. You know, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, God's will has unhindered sway. What God wants, God has happened. And so God's righteousness, God's love, God's truth, God's peace, that's fully realized in heaven. But we pray for that to come on earth every time we pray that prayer. And then we have the opportunity to go out and, and live it. All is not right in the world. This is still our Father's world, as the hymn says. But all is not right. The kingdom has not come fully yet on earth as in heaven. So we pray for that. We hope for that. We look for that. We celebrate signs of its coming. But we also then go and work for it. And we seek with the Spirit itself within us to, to bring that kingdom on earth as in heaven. Well, well said. And, and let, me, let me just expand it just a bit more. You on that. go right ahead. I think that <laughs> I think that uh, one way that that doesn't help one 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 way that is unhelpful with that is to sort of sit back and gripe. You know, social media and a lot of other places are opportunities for people to sort of take pot shots at, or this isn't happening, or you you know be critical of other people or other things instead of saying, "How come, God, if you're so good?" these things happen, that's sort of like taking pot shots at God, in a way, or others that are not doing those things. Instead, celebrate the good. You know, celebrate the places where people are reaching out to others. Celebrate the healthcare workers. Uh, thank you, God, for all that uh, the good that is happening in the midst of the difficult and, and, uh, and even some flat-out evil things that are happening. Thank you for what, what good is happening, and help me to be a part of that as well. I've also had people, and I think I brought this up before, they said uh, these are signs. We're seeing signs with the floods and the signs with the fires out in California. We're seeing signs mm-hmm. of the, the hurricanes and things like that. Is there anything that people can actually see? Or, Well, I'm going to be asking this in a way. Tell us what kind of signs we would be actually looking for, or is that something we shouldn't be looking for? With the song, signs, signs, everywhere there's signs. Uh, I mean, we have, we, have, we have all kinds of signs. That, uh, tell me more about the signs that you're talking about. Uh, what, what signs are, I mean, I think you might be alluding to signs of the end of the world. Right, Is that right. where we're going on this yeah, that's conversation? Good, okay. Yeah, people are telling me the end of the world is coming because of the signs that, that we're seeing. Okay. Again, the signs that you mentioned, a lot of them natural disasters, um, the majority of them, I think, those have been happening for a long time. Jesus talks about, uh, and this is in the Gospels, but I couldn't, it'd be later in Matthew for sure, and I don't have chapter and verse for you, but it's in at least Matthew, talks about this, and Mark chapter 13, I know it's in there, talks about signs of, of his return, of his coming, of the coming of the Son of Man, as he calls himself in, in the Gospels. One thing that comes, stands out to me there is that when he does return, Everyone's going to know it. We may see signs of his coming, and it may indeed be soon. I, I personally don't—my personal belief is not grounded in a church teaching or anything like that, but my personal belief is that it, it will be long after I'm, I've, you and I have come and gone. But uh, it does say that when he does return, everyone's going to see it. Everyone's going to know it. As far as, like, from the East and the West, all across the world, everyone's going to know that he's back. And that that is— the fact that he will return is, is to be a comfort for us, who are followers of Jesus, because he's going to set things right. He's going to establish God's kingdom, a good kingdom, a, a righteous kingdom, 
a loving kingdom, a peaceful kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That's when the kingdom of God will come completely in all its fullness. And so we can look forward to that uh, with, with hope and with um, anticipation and joy uh, for that day. But as far as when that day will be, it also says no one knows the day or the hour. Uh, Hal Lindsey has been predicting the return of Christ since the early 70s, as far as I can tell, and he has to keep readjusting his dates because he's wrong every time. I wouldn't put too much stock in the signs personally. Right. That, that's, more my, that's my personal belief. You know, just throwing out some questions that have come to me, and uh, they knew I was going to be talking to you today. Give it. Give us your well, feeling. And, Go ahead. Go ahead. And as far as far as as far as that goes, what difference does it make if he is coming back tomorrow? Um, how would you live? I think it, speculation on the signs is one thing, but then to say, how does it impact how I live my life? I would hope that each and every day, whether Jesus is coming back today, tomorrow, or in another thousand years, I would hope that each and every day I would seek to be a, a more loving person, a, a kinder person, a person who reaches out to those. Who, um, even those who are different from me in different ways on the inside and outside, uh, with love and respect. So, you know, live your life in a way that if you came back today, uh, you'd be doing good things. You'd be not to earn anything, but just because that's what loving people do. Okay, here's another one. They ask about the, uh, the 10 plagues. They were wondering, could this be pandemic be part of a plague uh, like Pharaoh had to put up with? <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. You know the old "let my people go," but anyway, yeah, <laughs> I had to slide right. that in there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> could this be something that we're seeing? Is this one of the plagues that we may have to deal with? Well, I, I guess if there were plagues that were going to be re- revisited upon the, either the nation or a, 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 the world, like they were visited upon Egypt, no, it wasn't. It was on Egypt and not God's people. God's people were spared at that time from those plagues. Uh, if there were plagues that were to come, like those ten plagues, I guess I would have expected to see that in Scripture, foretold. Mm-hmm. And to my knowledge, there's no Scripture that talk about a second uh, set of plagues. Uh, maybe the people who are asking that question are more connected in, in uh, Scripture, as far as that goes, and have a specific chapter and verse that they are thinking of. Well, maybe there's been a, some sort of prophetic... Uh, proclamation that I don't know about, but barring either Scripture foretelling this, speaking to this, as it does the return of Christ, for instance, and barring some prophetic utterance, I, I don't think that this is part of some modern Ten Plagues version right. of uh, what happened to the Egyptians. Right. Okay. Well, like I said, I'm, they're just asking, and I'm, I'm just trying to hear from the man himself. <laughs> they, they are asking lots of interesting questions. I had not actually heard that one before. Well... <laughs> Hey, questions come from all over the place, you know, so you never know. Okay, Um, when people are coming to you, and I know it's probably been more so now, and, I mean, they're hurting because their friends are hurting because of injustice. They're hurting because maybe they've lost a job or lost a loved one. And, And I'm not asking for, like, stories. But let's say one of our listeners out there, is just hurting because they've suffered a loss, be it a family member, be it a job, and they don't understand all this stuff that's going on. What can you say that can comfort them just a little bit or give them that hope that they're, they're, they're wanting to hear? That's a great, that's a great question, and I think, I think Scripture has a lot of encouraging words that could, could address that and, and, uh, and maybe provide some comfort for people. 
there's a passage in First Peter chapter five verse seven where it says, "Cast your cares onto Him because He cares for you." And there's a camp song where they make the hymn Jesus, which I think is okay. But the idea that when we have cares and, and worries and things are difficult, we're wondering what's going on. Cast those cares onto Jesus because because He does care for us. Uh, he is right here. He's present with us in the midst of trouble and in the midst of good times, good and bad, no matter what's going on in our lives, uh, God is present here in and through God's Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. And so cast your worries or your cares to God, uh, because He cares for you. A similar passage that I think is maybe more familiar or more famous, if you will, is Philippians chapter 4, uh, 6 and 7. Be anxious about nothing but in all things through prayer and supplication. Make your request known to God. So... When you feel anxious and worried, turn that anxiety, that energy that you've got, into prayer. And then it says, uh, bring it all before God. And then it says, and the peace of God, which passes or surpasses all human understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So uh, there's a peace that uh, is there for us in the midst of difficulty and trauma. Jesus also says in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my uh, yoke is easy and my burden light, and Mm. you will find rest for your souls. Boy, it's like we're sitting in church right now. (laughs) Preach it there, Pastor. I'm I'm standing in church, (laughs) walking in church. Because we're feeling it. I'm feeling it right now. That that was good. That's some good stuff. Uh, And you know, you know that, uh, well, let me ask you this. Of all the years you've been a pastor, and you can kind of let us know, have you ever felt such, um, I'm going to say, heaviness uh, going on in the world right now, such a need? And are you seeing, I, well, let me ask you that first, and then I'll get the second part. So how many years have you been a pastor, and have you ever felt such uh, heaviness going on uh, during your career? Uh, career? I have been a pastor 22 years since uh, July of 1998. And the only other time that I've experienced this would be September 11th, 2001, mm-hmm. and the aftermath of the terrorist attacks in the United States. But I think that was a different type, a different sort of heaviness, and there was a lot of anger that was definitely uh, ragey that, that, was, that was part of that in terms of the aftermath. But that Sunday after that, uh, that Monday... The Sunday after the Monday that happened, the churches all across the country were filled with people, you know, wall-to-wall, people looking for answers, people struggling to understand why. And that similar thought pattern of of people struggling for answers, people wanting to know why, uh, has has been present here, obviously, but it's been month after month after month. And that's where you get into the the weariness and the exhaustion and the the, the depression that so many uh, have experienced over this time span. Well, that was going to be the second part is, have you seen a change in the church where it's picked up again, people are searching and looking for answers, and you, you kind of answered that. All the churches are starting to see that, or are you seeing it in your church also, right? Um, we have had, like online, for instance, uh, suddenly our worship services are open to anyone anywhere in the world who happens to stumble across them or be looking especially for them. And we've had people visiting you know, who haven't, who have a connection to St. John from, say, going to the, the grade school here, for instance, but haven't been back in years, 
and then they I see names that I recognize as folk that oh they, they used to be around here. So I see new faces in that sense coming and, and being present to hear a, a message of hope, uh, to hear God speaking to them to, to worship God in the midst of pandemic. So I, I, I think that addresses what you're asking. Right. And with all of this going on, your 20-plus years of being a pastor, do you feel this event or these things that are going on that have been going on for some time have made you a better pastor, and if so, how? Yeah, I guess I, I wouldn't necessarily say they've made me a better pastor, to be honest. I, I think that it's a challenge unlike I've ever experienced before, and my colleagues, too, would, would I think, say the same. But it's still the day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month question of how do I minister to God's people? How do I minister to the community as a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, as a a pastor called by God to a specific uh, role, that of word and uh, sacraments, the minister of word and sacraments in the Lutheran Church? And how do I respond in in this day, in this new day? Lamentations, it says... uh, the steadfast love, I think this is chapter 3 around verse 23, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And so that was a pretty strong word, and that applies to living in the day and age of a pandemic. And then the, it's Jeremiah who wrote that. He goes on to say, They're new every morning. New every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. Mm-hmm. And I think as a minister of the gospel, Minister of Word and Sacrament, Father of Jesus, we are called, I am called to express those mercies that are new every morning and look for them to see what God is doing and to be a part of what God is doing, no matter what's going on around me. And right. these have, days have given me challenges, but that's, that's kind of how I see it. Share with us, and I hate to put you on the spot, I mean, you've been given a lot of scripture, you've been telling us a lot of things. Give me something that maybe is in the Bible that we are missing that uh, you can share with us to give us hope? Actually, first off, before I get to the hope, I, I want to pause. You said share something that we may be missing. I think one thing that we might be missing is, is dwelling in the difficulty, realizing and recognizing that plenty of people before us, many of whom wrote down their thoughts and they were turned into or identified as Holy Scripture, that is God-inspired for us who would come after, uh, have experienced a lot of the depression, the despair, the anxiety, the frustration that we have experienced uh, here. And our experiences aren't new. Uh, There's nothing new under the sun, we hear, in Ecclesiastes. Uh, And so we can draw from them and learn to dwell a little bit I think, is an invitation. We have an invitation, especially in the Psalms, especially in the Psalms, in what's called the Psalms of Lament. And it's a a bunch of Psalms that don't get highlighted very often, but I think they have been emphasized a little bit more in these days, but I'd like to point those out to any of our listeners. Uh, If you Google Psalms of Lament, you'll you'll get them. There's uh, at least uh, five or six. I'm not sure exactly how many there are. But it's people who are dwelling in the darkness. They're dwelling in the the evils, the wickedness, the difficulties of life that are, um, like, that are like an onslaught upon their senses. And they're crying out to God, God, how long will the wicked prosper? God, how long will this happen? How long? And I think that's a, a, 
uh, a place where I would encourage people, this sounds kind of anti, um, kind of paradoxical, encourage people to start, but to start with the Psalms of Lament, because they will name what I think a lot of people, um, you know, myself included, have been experiencing with, with this pandemic that seems so relentless and just won't go away, I'm getting so tired of it. So start start there. Mm-hmm. And and before we rush to hope, you know, there's a the, the, the most famous passage these days that gets Googled all the time is Jeremiah 29, um, 11. I know the plans I have for you, plans for a future, to give you a future and a hope, right? But that's like jumping right to the hope part, and maybe we need to dwell and remember that that passage was written to a people who were in exile, and they had been in exile for it was 70 years before that hope got realized. Jeremiah spoke that word to people who had just been exiled from their homeland. They're far from Jerusalem, in Babylon, in exile. And the hope came, but it, it took 70 years. And mm-hmm. God forbid it takes 70 years before we have the vaccine and things right. kind of arrive at the whatever the new normal is on the other side of mask wearing and everything else. But, uh, but still, there's a, the importance of dwelling in the laments and the difficulties as we then move towards hope. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to back. Yeah, I'm going to back you up just a little bit here. We've been talking about everyone else, uh, people in the church, the world. What are you saying to your family? You're just like everyone else, okay? And I know your family has the same worries, dreams, and hopes. Also, what are you saying to your family around the table? And again, you don't have to get in any uh, conversations, but to keep them moving forward, to keep them positive. Well. I think, one, it's important to, to know that, you know, we'll get through this. We'll get through this together. That's what families do. No, no one in my family has yet contracted the virus, but if one of us did, you know, we will, we will get through it together. Uh, whether we get it or don't get it, we're a family. This is our home. God is with us in the midst of this. We don't need to fear even death. As, as, as followers of Jesus, at least, you know, in that family, we, we would, would talk about the fact that we don't need to fear even what many people would call the ultimate um, the, the ultimate thing to fear, because Jesus Christ has conquered death. Uh, and through his death and resurrection, we know that though we die, yet will we live as well. Um, so that we, would, we will get through this. We are getting through this, and we need to stick together. But I, I think you could also extend that to the human family. You know, we will get through this, and we need to stick together and support one another even if we're across the aisle, if you will, in whatever way that might look like. Now, that kind of hit right there on the pandemic side, and, and I know people are thinking, well, wait a minute. What does he tell his family when they have the questions or they're seeing what is being told as injustice in the world right now? Well, okay, let's say one of your kids came home and said, Dad, they call you Dad. <laughs> they said, yeah. hey, I have a friend. One calls me dude sometimes, actually. <laughs> kind of working on that one. Okay. They they say, hey, I have a friend who's being treated unfair or wrong. What do I tell them? Because they're seeing all, like you said, we kind of hit on the whole George Floyd thing. Mm -hmm. What are are you telling them? What do you tell them about someone who they're hurting for also now, and they don't know what to do? Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I believe it's he said, there's the threat to Injustice anywhere is a threat to injustice everywhere. If someone's being treated wrong, as you, as you put it, uh, I would encourage them to, to speak up for that person. Um, if, if they 
or, or and to talk to that person, certainly. I mean, sometimes I think that someone needs me to speak up for them, but maybe they don't. Maybe they can speak up for themselves just fine, and I can support them in their speaking up uh, for themselves. But it also says, don't let what is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil, uh, back in Romans, uh, towards the end. And I would challenge them and encourage them to speak up in different ways and, and to reach out to that person. Good. No matter... So that they know that they're not alone. You right. know, I mean, I think if someone is, is, is has an injustice uh, perpetuated against you, um, and if we're talking, you know, kind of uh, racial relationships and black and white in the history in America, as, as you, your podcast itself has documented so well, it's a long and unfortunate, very tragic history. It's important to speak up and to say, hey, uh, you've got you've got an ally, you've got someone who cares for you and sees you also as made in the image of God and beloved by God, and um, how can I support you? Well, Pastor, tell me, tell me what am I missing here? I know, I know there's more. I mean, if I didn't ask the question, do you have something you want to share with our listeners? I'll toss out a few more. Uh, well, uh, if you're looking for a couple books uh, to read that um, address kind of where is God in the midst of pandemic, uh, I would recommend two. One I've read and one I have not quite gotten to, but I know and respect the author enough that I, I, I believe I can recommend it without having read it, to be honest. Walter Brueggemann has written a book. He's an Old Testament uh, Bible scholar, and that's the one I have read. And I, I, I don't have the titles in front of me, so you have to Google. Uh, Brueggemann's sort of a mouthful, but uh, I'm sure Amazon can help you with the spelling. Uh, and then N.T. Wright's New Testament scholar, biblical scholar and a former bishop of Durham, I believe, has written extensively in general, but he also has written a book on the, on the pandemic that you could check out. They're both relatively short and, uh, and I think bring some real good insights uh, or would, would bring some real good insights in for you. I also uh, have a, maybe a, a closing word or two from Scripture yes. that uh, might encourage. One is from the Proverbs. This is back to the idea of anxiety and, and, and the anxiousness that we're, we may be experiencing. Proverbs 12, verse 25 says, Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the midst of anxiety, look, look for kindness. Uh, look to be a source of kind words for others. I know, Cleveland, you're, I really appreciate your upbeat uh, spirit. And uh, whenever I encounter you, it feels like I, I walk away smiling. And I, I know that uh, that's a gift that, that you have that God's given you. And it doesn't mean you, you know, don't acknowledge and look at the, the difficult things, but you uh, maybe embody that in a lot of ways, that, that proverb. So um, I thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for your kind words. I, I just, You're welcome. I just enjoy life. I try to enjoy life one day at a time. Just the, the whoop, whoop alone. Of, whoop, whoop, Mr. Please. I mean, that makes me smile every time I tune into your podcast, brother. Every stinking time. Well, I tell you what, you're allowed to use that in any service you want. Before you start your sermon, you can, I have it's no patent on same, it. not the same, man. Not the same coming from me. I have to play a recording of you or bring you into the house. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, you've always uh, been you've always been there for me. You've always been there for my family. You're still there uh, for a lot of my family that's still there uh, with you at St. John's. And I always appreciate everything you say. And uh, it is our conversations uh, are great. I mean, I remember when you first came into St. John's. You remember us eating a, a meal together uh, when we first met. 
when I when I interviewed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, I remember that. Yeah, and we had a meal together on that night that uh, we met. That was that was yeah. good. I remember yeah. that. Uh-huh. And I think the thing that impressed me the most about you at that time was how you took the time, and I don't know if you remember doing this or not, and you jotted down our names around the table, and when you spoke to us, you mm-hmm. called us by name. And uh, that was huge. Yeah. Uh, you answered our questions, but you would use our name. And I thought, boy, this guy is really on it. <laughs> you know? So just yeah. that, that one little thing there uh, made a huge difference for me. But I'm glad you're where you're at. I'm glad you do the things you do. And I'm really glad that you took the time today to speak with me, to speak to the people, and let them hear some of the things that they're worried about. Uh, that the worry, uh, worrying is doing us no good at all. I, and I'm, I'm just going to throw this out. That's and right. So true. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. I, I think if we sometimes take the focus off of us and look to help somebody else, talk to someone else, help them through a problem, we forget about our own. And, and I'm, I'm not preaching, but I'm just wondering, is that about right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the joy of service of uh, uh, also kicks in there, too, the, the, the satisfaction of knowing that you've helped someone else out and you've, you've made sort of a difference around you. But, yeah, it definitely takes the uh, focus off of our own things that are going on in our lives mm-hmm. when we're looking to help others when we do that. Let me ask you this final question before I cut you loose. It's a tough one. Do you see an end to this entire pandemic? Well, I think whenever a vaccine is developed that our health officials tell us is uh, good you know, to the task, if you will, I think that we'll see... Uh, I, I hope we'll see a widespread acceptance of that and, and people taking that uh, vaccine. And I think that's that's probably when uh, things will open up and loosen up a lot more um, than they have. So I, I see an end to where we are now. Even though we're in stage five here in Indiana, as far as being open, if you will, I see a, a more closure happening whenever the vaccine is developed, which again doesn't sound like it'll be for a while still, unfortunately. But uh, but it's it's not going to go back. And I think that's the important thing is that people need to realize we're not going back to how it was before. That's nostalgia speaking. If we think that's going to happen, we, we are fooling ourselves. But I think that there will be an end to this current situation where we are. But it'll be a different kind of a new normal uh, on the other side of that. Well, let me ask you this. Do you hope one day there's a vaccine for the injustice and the racial tension? If there were one, let's all take it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the injustice, uh, the, the, the tension is pointing to the injustice, right? I mean, right. It's, it's, they're all connected. Uh, I think I think the, the vaccine there, I mean, that's sort of like a big, nice softball lobby tossed my way and, and <laughs> low-pitched softball league. The, the vaccine is the is the reign of God coming all it's back to what I said at the beginning. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One day, um, you know, Christianity teaches, and I believe one day uh, there will come a day when all the evil and the injustices of the world will be uh, put to right. Uh, there will be equity. There will be peace. Uh, God's shalom, God's kingdom will come completely. Uh, that day's not yet. We need to work for it and work towards it, but um, that's when that vaccine will take effect, if you will. Right. You know I said vaccine, but you know what I'm saying, right? I know no one's yeah, going to get yeah. a shot in the arm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If the uh, metaphorical vaccine will take effect on that day. Right, right. Oh, my goodness. We, we were talking the other day about um, how God uh, hardened Pharaoh's heart 
and sure. he also, in his time, softened Pharaoh's heart. I believe that is true amongst people. I mean, there, there's a reason why people's hearts are hardened at this time, and there'll be a time with prayer, there'll be a time when those hearts will be softened to understand and feel what other people feel. Again, I could be way off base, but I, I pray for that all the time. I pray for people's hearts more than I do anything because I know God has control of that heart, and he controls who he hardens and whose heart is softened and at what time he does that. So we continue to pray, and I uh, hmm. hope that you pray for us and you pray you know, for your people in your church, starting with their hearts. Uh, search your heart first, and uh, I think you'll, you'll get a lot of answers out of that. Again, I boy, I got to get off my soapbox. <laughs> this is about this is your show. This ain't about me. Is that you? I see up in the pulpit as I'm walking towards it here in the sanctuary. <laughs> I'm standing on a chair in my house. See, <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe, I just maybe I just, it's just Jesus in you, Cleveland. <laughs> that I see. Oh my goodness! Or here. <laughs> well, Pastor, it, it, am I putting you on the spot if I ask you to end us with a prayer for everybody? Yeah, sure. Okay. You bet. Let's uh, let's let's pray. All righty. Lord God, thank you uh, for this time. I thank you for this time of conversation that Cleveland and I had together. We ask that uh, you would bless our words, that they would speak our words of life, words of hope, our words of wisdom to those who hear and uh, listen uh, to the podcast. Thank you, Lord, that uh, no matter what hits us, no matter what comes our way, we can be convinced with the Apostle Paul that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from your love, the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you so much for that reality, and help us to hold on to that and encourage others with that as well as we go about our daily living. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Pastor Paul Offhouse, I appreciate everything that you do and continue to do down there at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church right downtown. i get a little plug in there for you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And uh, you guys are still doing the feeding on Wednesday. You feed the neighborhood. You feed anyone that comes along on Wednesday still. Are you doing that? We picked it. We picked it back up uh, in September, and uh, we're doing it through West Central Coffee, our uh, church-owned and operated coffee house. Another little plug there, on the corner of Washington and Broadway. So that's five fifteen to five forty-five. All at once. Okay. Now that's your coffee house. Uh, I'm going to give you one more shot at that because I've been, I think that went over some people's heads. What is this coffee house thing going on? Come on. So the church uh, has long owned a, a building that's been vacant for uh, over a decade uh, at 1006 Broadway, just at the intersection there of Washington uh, and uh, Broadway on the west end of uh, downtown. Uh, we have renovated it. There's two apartments that are rented on top and the second floor, and then the first floor is now West Central Coffee, and you can find us on Facebook or westcentralcoffee.com, and we are seeking to love and live as neighbors, love our neighbors uh, through the coffee house, a place of gathering for folk uh, in, in 
in your community, but any, any and all are welcome to come by and enjoy a good cup of joe or whatever it is, whatever cups you like these days. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So this segment is brought to you by West Central That's Coffee. Right. <laughs> That's right. There you go. <laughs> I like the sound of that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Pastor Paul, thank you very much, and thank you for taking the time. And, uh, again, I, I continue to pray for you to stay strong uh, because I know this is wearing on you, but you have my prayers. Your family has our prayers also. Uh, you're still a very Thank important you. person in my life, and uh, regardless of where I'm at, uh, there's something that you have taught me along the way that I always keep in, in my mind, okay? So, mm-hmm. folks, thanks for listening to Police Pod Talk and uh, Pastor Paul. We will catch you all again next week. Thanks again, Pastor Paul. My pleasure. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.